You are listening to the Happier at Work podcast, and I'm your host, Aoife O'Brien. This is the podcast for HR and business leaders. We talk about things like leadership, well-being at work, diversity and inclusion, and the future of work. Hello and welcome back to another solo episode of the Happier at Work podcast. And today I'm tackling a subject that I have, for want of a better word, I've kind of shied away from it. It's not my area of expertise. It's not something I think is hugely important in relation to driving happiness at work. However, what I will say is that often it can drive unhappiness at work. And what I'm talking about today is pay. Pay is this hygiene factor and I think it's really important that we get it right and we need to pay people enough to take pay off the table. There are a few things that I want to address in today's episode and I would absolutely love for you to get in on the debate. So this is not me preaching at you, this is me sparking a conversation and I would love to know what you took from the episode. Did you have any learnings? Did you have any anything you would like to challenge back on? Any wisdom or insight? that you would like to share. If you're a long-time listener of the podcast, you know how to connect with me. I am on LinkedIn at Aoife O'Brien, and I will spell that because it can be tricky. A-O-I-F-E-O apostrophe B-R-I-E-N. And you will also find me on Instagram, happieratwork.ie. They're the two places I tend to be around most in relation to social media at any, at any rate. So moving on to the guts of this episode today, the first thing I want to talk about is this idea of the gender pay gap versus equal pay. Now, oftentimes people confuse the two things. They think that the gender pay gap is about getting equal pay for women. And actually equal pay has been uh, illegal or, or at least unequal pay has been illegal since the 1970s, um, particularly here in Ireland, that that has been an issue. So the gender pay gap is not about addressing the differences in pay between what men and women get for doing the same role. That's done away with. That's that's illegal and that shouldn't be happening. Now, that's not to say that it isn't happening. You know, if, if a role is called something slightly different, maybe there's kind of room. But that's not what I'm talking about here. The gender pay gap is essentially the average pay that men get versus women get in a particular organisation. Now, I am aware that there is legislation going through. I believe it should be the end of this year or the end of next year. I haven't been paying too close attention to when it's actually going through, but there have been some organisations. On Post is one that really sticks in my mind for being really proactive about addressing the gender pay gap issues in their organisations and being really transparent about it and saying about what they're actually going to do. The other thing to bear in mind with the gender pay gap is it's merely a, an opportunity to report what that gap is. But the the biggest takeaway for organisations should be what steps are they going to take in order to address the gender pay gap. Now, the gender pay gap happens because the different types of roles in organisations and which people are doing the various different types of roles and how much do they get paid for those. So if you imagine an organisation and this organisation in particular, and this is very common, where a lot of the more senior positions are held by men. And those senior positions, they command a higher pay. 
And so when you take the average of all of the money that is being paid to both men and women in that organisation, there's going to be a gap between what men typically get paid versus what women typically get paid. And so in order to plug that gap or in order to narrow that gap, it's really important to support women to get to those more senior positions in organisations. There are some organisations who are really leading the way with this, but that is something I just wanted to call out as a start. So it's not about equal pay. It's about closing that gap. It's about supporting women to get to those more senior positions. It's about understanding the obstacles that women face when trying to get to those more senior positions. Is it that they've taken some time out in their career? Is it that they've taken time to uh, travel like I did? Is it time that they is it that they've taken time out to look after children at home? You know, is it that they're not getting the support? Do they not have the role models? Are there some other types of blocks? Is it that men are typically being promoted? Is it that, as is often the case, that we tend to favour people who are like us, who look like us? So that is all I want to say really on the gender pay gap versus equal pay. The other thing, and I heard this on another podcast, I think it was recently, and I just had to make a note of it. And this is the idea of who is responsible. Who is responsible for how much you get paid? And is it you that is responsible or is it the manager? Is it your manager who is responsible for how much you get paid? And it really made me think about where does the responsibility lie? And if you are a manager of people about stepping up and taking that responsibility to make sure your people are getting paid enough, that they're that they're happy with how much they're being paid, that they think that it's fair, that it's comparable to what other people are being paid in the market. If they were to leave the organisation, could they get more money elsewhere? And maybe that's a joint effort between HR and managers to really understand you know, especially in the days of the great resignation. Now, I have a couple of personal examples to share from that. And listening to that podcast reminded me of these instances in my career, which really stick in my mind. And I was so delighted. So the first example is from one organisation that I worked in. And this is going back about, uh, about 15 years, probably more than 15 years at this stage, actually. And my manager's manager took me aside and decided to give me a pay rise. There, you know, there was an, I wasn't asking for a pay rise. I wasn't looking for a pay rise. I, I am not driven by money. I'm driven by fairness, but I'm not. Dri- I'm most certainly not driven by money. If someone else is earning more than I am for doing a similar job, then that would really bother me a lot. But I'm not driven by money in and of itself. So she took me aside and she decided to increase my pay because she could see the contribution that I was making to the team. Now, I was absolutely blown away because it was totally unexpected. But to this day, it's something that I remember. I remember the conversation. Now, I don't remember exactly how much the pay went up by, but I remember that she proactively did that for me. Another example I have is a little bit more recent, but, you know, (laughs) It's still kind of back far in time. It's about 10 years ago at this stage. 
And I was doing an hourly role. I was being paid hourly rather than a salary. And uh, again, you know, I was invited into a room and I was told that my pay was going to be going up 50%. Again, because they could see the contribution that I was making. Now, I was delighted with myself. The irony in that situation, though, was because I was being paid more, I, you know, I was being brought into a room and when you're brought into a room by a manager, it's always a little bit scary and you think, oh, I'm going to get fired now. They're going to realise I've opened on the internet for, you know, for 20 minutes or something. But actually, the irony being I was being paid more, but it sort of decreased my motivation in terms of getting the job done. I was doing the job because I was intrinsically motivated to do it. And, and I'm sure you've heard me talking about this idea of intrinsic motivation before. And at that time, I'm sure I didn't know what that was exactly. But I was just really driven to to do a good job. So paying me more didn't make me work more effectively. It just rewarded me better for the time that I was investing in that company. Now, the the kind of flip side of that is this idea of negotiation and taking personal responsibility for how much you get paid. And for me, it's really important to understand what value are you adding to that business. So when you go into any sort of negotiation, I suppose the first thing is to understand like how does pay increases, how does that actually work in your organisation? And with a few conversations I've had recently, they've told me that the way it works is that you would have an end of year review and you would be compared to other people and then it would be put forward and the pay increase may not go through till about eight or 10 months after you've actually had that end of year review, which I mean, in this day and age, it's kind of it's kind of shocking, really, that that type of thing is still happening. But when it comes to addressing these types of issues and being proactive about how much you get paid, it's really crucial to understand the impact of what it is that you're doing and the contribution that you're making to the overall team and to the organisation. And taking a step back from that, if you are a manager of people, it's really important to reiterate to your team the contribution that they are making and to be really clear about setting those expectations from the start. What is it that they are expected to do? What does good look like? What does excellent look like? And remind them of the contribution and the impact that the work they do is having on whoever it is that you are serving. So whether it's internal customers or it's external customers, you're always going to be dealing with other people. I want to talk about some of the exceptions then to this idea of pay and fairness in pay. And again, these are things that have come up in various books that I've been reading recently, or they've come up in podcasts that I've been listening to. And this is why I feel sort of compelled to share this message today, because it's not something I typically talk about, but I feel like I've been kind of been hit around the head with a lot of these types of messages recently. And I just wanted to share my own view. And as I mentioned at the start, I would love to get your views on this, uh, if you'd be willing to share them as well. So the exceptions around this that have come up is, is it fair if someone has been there a long time, so they tend to get an increase in pay? And this comes back to this idea of having pay bans. You know, that's a whole other kind of conversation. But if you have pay bans and someone is coming in new to the organisation and they start at the lower end of that band, but then you have someone who is maybe not performing as well as that other person, but because they've been in the role for a longer time, that they're getting a pay increase of two or three percent just as as normal every single year due to inflation. So there, you know, that's kind of one exception is the length of time that someone has been there. Do, should that determine how much the person gets paid? 
is I suppose the first question. The other one is this idea of high performers. Now, this you know, there's there's lots of kind of thoughts around this type of thing that some organisations, you will have stars and they highly, highly outperform other people. Now, the other thing is, how do you actually measure that? How do you judge that? And how can you tell in monetary terms the impact that, that, that the high performer is having? Does that high performer need to have a team around them as well? And what what compensation should the team get? So thinking about high performers and, and who determines who is a high performer. The other, I suppose, frame around that is that everyone works as part of a team and we want to make sure that everyone feels included, that they're making their contribution. Now, a recent example from Apple trying to stem the the resignations, essentially, of some of their most valued workers, them being the software developers, they were offering incentives to software developers that they weren't offering to the rest of the organisation. And so this led to an even greater resignation. So it had the opposite effect because people didn't feel like they were being valued because one group or one cohort within the organisation was being favoured. And it had even led to a little bit of demotivation among the software developers themselves because they could see the unfairness of this. Now, the other thing that has come up, and this is more in kind of casual conversations that I've had, is the idea of pay bands and, and the pay bands can be restrictive. And if you are in a pay band, you can only go to the highest level within that pay band before you have to be promoted to the next level in order to increase your pay. And again, I'd love to get your thoughts on, is this too restrictive for people? Is it the the most fair way to actually approach this? In concluding this week's episode, I want to share some radical ideas. I'm calling them radical ideas. Maybe they're not so radical, but again, it's just food for thought. Now, my big thing has always been the idea of paying people for X number of years of experience, I always think that that's kind of bullshit, if I'm honest. I think you should pay people for the skills that they have and the impact that they're having in the organisation rather than, you know, you could have 10 years of experience, but that could be 10 years of really cushy experience where you didn't ever have to deal with a difficult client. You didn't have to manage competing priorities that you could have just had a really easy number for those 10 years and you didn't learn a lot. I often say that you learn more from the mistakes and the failures that you've had than from any of the successes that you've had. So what about rather than paying people for the number of years of experience that we test their level of skill in particular areas, we see how common those skills are in the market and we pay them for the skills that they have and the impact that those skills will make on our business. The other radical idea, and I tuned into uh, LinkedIn have this new thing where they're doing audio. Now, I don't have access to it yet, but I've tuned in as an audience member and also spoken at some of these events uh, is this idea of pay transparency. So being really transparent about how much you're paying people. Now, to a degree, some organisations do that in terms of the banding and being really clear about what the banding is. But what if other people knew how much you were getting paid? And this sort of circles back to the gender pay gap. And if you can, if people know how much each other is getting paid, then it's more likely that the gap will reduce between what men and women are actually being paid. 
and it most certainly will reduce the differential between what men and women are getting paid for the same role, which, as I mentioned earlier, is technically illegal, but may happen if if the role title is slightly different as well. So I, again, I would love to get your thoughts. What do you think of the idea of pay transparency? Do you think it's the way forward? Is it important to know how much other people are being paid so that you yourself can manage your own finances as well or, or your own negotiation around how much you get paid? Now, the other one, and this comes as an example from um, Henry Stewart, who um, he founded the company Happy based in the UK. He was a previous podcast guest as well. And this is the fact he uses the idea that other people get to decide how much you get paid. So collectively, other people decide how much you get paid based on the contribution that you're making. Now, I would love to know how comfortable would you feel when other people are determining how much you get paid? Does it make you feel really uncomfortable? And are you uncomfortable because you're not contributing maybe as much as you could? Are you uncomfortable because you don't want other people to know? Because money tends to be this really taboo subject that we don't often talk about. I mean, especially we don't talk about in work. And oftentimes you'll have to sign something to say that you won't discuss it or it's in your policy, your HR policies, that you won't discuss how much you're being paid. On that note, and I have seen this happen at work, a negotiation tactic that some people use is to apply for another job and use that as leverage to ask for more money in their current organisation. But then they can't tell people that they, you know, they can't share anything about getting paid more money. But that makes things slightly unfair. But then is it fair if they do tell people and then everyone then wants a pay rise? You know, that becomes unaffordable then for the the company itself as well. So just a few things to consider in relation to some new ideas around how to approach pay. And before we wrap up this week's episode, I wanted to share some more personal examples that I have had at work. So another one was starting a new position and people told me I should ask for X amount. And I asked for about 20% more than what people were telling me to ask for. And I got it. And they even paid me more than what I asked for. With that came this dreaded feeling of imposter syndrome. And there must have been some sort of a clerical error. And I definitely didn't deserve to earn that amount. And so that was kind of the detrimental side of that. You know, I thought sometime they're going to find out that they've made this terrible mistake. Obviously, that wasn't true, but it was definitely something that at at that time, I didn't even know what imposter syndrome was at that time, but it definitely followed me around. Another instance, I went through, I was starting a new position. I went through a recruiter to get this position and I was offered a lower amount than what I had previously been earning. And it really bothered me a lot And I did raise that concern with the recruiter and was told that because I didn't have management experience that I I couldn't earn a higher amount. And that that really it's you know, it's obviously still bothers me to this day that I should have asked for more and I should have challenged that a little bit more. Another example was and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, effectively being promoted on paper. So from the outside, it looks like I've got this really great promotion, but actually I didn't get the pay increase to go along with that promotion. I did challenge that and I was told that because I was managing the same number of people that my my pay wouldn't be going up. So, you know, that was the kind of the excuse 
news and my boss definitely wasn't being transparent around that. I think that he was trying to save money for the business essentially. But again, you know, because I still remember that to this day, I did start managing a higher number of people after that and my pay remained the same again. So, you know, that was just an excuse. But I still remember these things. So going back to what I said at the very start, pay is not something that can really drive happiness, but it's a hygiene factor. And understanding people's relationship with pay and with money. Like I said, I'm not driven by money, but I'm driven by fairness. And if I feel that something is not fair or that I don't understand why it's happening, then I think that's something that that really bothers me and makes me unhappy at work. So there you have it for a topic that I never really thought I would discuss on this podcast because for all of the reasons that I mentioned earlier, thank you so much for tuning in this long. As I've mentioned throughout the podcast, I would love to get your thoughts. You know, what do you think about pay? How important is it? You know, are you driven by fairness more so than pay? Is it comparison? Is it so you can live a nice lifestyle? Like what are the real drivers for you? And if you're a manager or a leader, what can you do differently as a result of listening to this podcast? Can you have open and transparent conversations with your team to understand more about what drives them when it comes to pay? Are they driven by the money itself? What it brings? Are they driven by the fairness? So if if someone else is earning more and they feel like it's unjust or it's unfair, then maybe that's having a detrimental impact on, on their performance at work. I would absolutely love for you to get involved in the conversation on social media or you can feel free to reach out to me directly through my website as well. And um, I would love to continue this conversation. It's definitely something that is important to have. Now, uh, next week's episode, I am talking with the lovely Gillian French. Uh, we've recorded the episode already. We had a brilliant conversation. You know, we went to a lot of different places, but really it boils down to engagement and how to keep people engaged at work. So I know you're really going to enjoy that. So definitely keep an ear out for that episode next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Happier at Work podcast. I'm delighted to have you here. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd love if you could rate or review the podcast or share it with a friend. You'll find me on the website happieratwork.ie.